This is the Just Bloody Post-It podcast for small businesses and solo creators who are marketing their work on the internet, or should I say trying to find the bloody time to do it all. This is the last episode in series three. We'll be back again soon after a short break to breathe and record some more episodes. You can support the show while we're away by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does mean a lot. But you know, here is a thought to bow out on. We're doing all right, really, running our own marketing departments. It's hard and things are always changing, especially on Instagram, the photo sharing app that's now all about video. You almost feel a little bit rejected by Instagram, you know, like it's done a dirty on you. It's like, we were doing so well, everything was fine. Why did you go and do this? <laughs> it's not fair. Our guest this time is Hannah Bertwistle Argyle, photographer for hire. And I've been wanting to talk to a photographer about Instagram for ages. Her beautiful account is followed by a mega 200,000 people who get a regular fix of her travels, family and home life in Northampton. Hannah's an Insta OG, original gangster who discovered her tribe and talent for taking pictures thanks to the app. We chat about how photographers feel there now, how we can all do reels, influencing and how to take better photos. We can all learn a few tricks that improve our photography and it's a core content creation skill, I think, even now. First, though, we spoke about the start of Hannah's Insta journey. I actually got into photography through Instagram, weirdly. Um, I was not a photographer before I started Instagram. And I found Instagram after having my youngest child. He's um, nine now. And he was about a year old, I think, before I started using the app um, to post my own photos. And um, and it kind of filled a bit of a creative void in my life at the time. I've always been a creative person. Um, and at the time, I was running my own picture framing business. And, um, and that had gone from being something which I absolutely loved doing and, you know, took lots of time over and found very creative to something which I was rushing about trying to fit in between baby naps and so it became more a source of frustration than it did a source of creativity. After having children you know you don't do very much for yourself really. Browsing Instagram kind of got my mind working in a, again in a way which it hadn't done for a few years and I started to sort of think through what other people were doing and how could I achieve that and um, I sort of fell into a community of people who were following daily prompts so it's like a 365 project so each week or each month uh, the prompts would be released and people would take a photo to try and fulfill that prompt and it could be something really basic like blue or flower or you know breakfast Um, and I started to think what would I take today? And then I thought, oh, just take it and post it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? But you actually feel really silly. I didn't want anyone I actually knew in real life to know what I was doing. I kind of felt a bit weird. Were you a bit of a secret Instagrammer, did you Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely, yeah. So I sort of um, grew this community of 
online friends, which was totally different from real life friends. I didn't follow any real life friends or family or really tell anybody what I was up to on Instagram. I was just beavering away quietly on my Instagram account, uh, taking photos each day and posting them and chatting to people around the world. And it just really opened my eyes and opened my mind um, to something completely new. And every day I kind of had this little project going on in my mind, which really got me through those years of having young children and and you know you're busy and you're tired but you're also quite bored um and that's the honest truth of raising kids you do an awful lot of sitting on the floor stacking cups and... there will be people nodding along <laughs> yeah people doing it, it is people... It's quite dull. <laughs> there'll be people sitting listening stacking cups as we speak I'm sure I gosh you go straight back there and it is yeah I felt a very strong urge to have a creative outlet after I'd been at home with the kids, get back to yourself. Did it take off very quickly on your Instagram? I mean, it didn't feel like it at the time, to be honest, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, it did. It was We were in the era of suggested users um, when Instagram would suggest accounts to everyone new who downloaded the app. And I guess at the time, the app was growing fast, um, and I was made a suggested user and gained, I think, about 60,000 followers in a matter of two weeks, um, which, you know, at the time it's quite exciting. Um, but in the long run, those followers, you know, they drop away and they're not, it's not a quality following really. So I think I'd, I'd maybe reached about 5,000 followers on my own before that happened. And then the number at the top shot up. For a year or two after that, it, it really started to grow quite quickly. Um, but it wasn't, this was before the time when anybody was doing business on Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say, so how, how did this start? How did this start translating into, into work opportunities? Well, I started to notice that people were putting email addresses in their bios. And I thought, okay, maybe I should do that too. Um and I started to get the odd email because I don't even think we had direct messages back then. We used to chat under people's posts and leave comments and you have to go back and remember what post you were chatting on. <laughs> um, and then they introduced direct messages. But So brands didn't send you a message. You had to have an email address there. And once I did that, I started to get a couple of emails with things like offering me a free phone case. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and I'd work really, really hard on taking a photo, incorporating a mobile phone case, which I'd get really stressed over and then post it and feel like a bit of a fraud and like, oh, you know, that was weird. That was like an ad. And what did my followers think of that? And feel a bit weird. And then I kind of thought, I've just gone to... I really just like busted a gut for a £10 phone case. <laughs> oh thought, my gosh, if people only knew the time we spend on content. I know, that's it. Hours and hours of worry and editing and have I got it just right and is it good enough for my feed and all this kind of carry on. And then I thought, I'm just going to tentatively sort of say, actually I charge £50 for a, an Instagram post and they kept on biting my hand off and I was like right <laughs> maybe this is a bargain <laughs> I went up to 80 pounds and and it just went on from there really um and then 
I think probably a couple of years after that, it became um, a job that people knew about and that people were pursuing. Every company needed an online presence. Um, Brands were reaching out to creators and influencers um, to try and grow their own pages because everybody wanted um, all all companies sort of suddenly seemed to need that Instagram presence and so um, we all were useful to each other in that sense and um, so yeah it I was kind of there at the beginning I guess of of influencing as much as we all hate that word uh, becoming a job and a career and um, and just work flying around and there wasn't a huge amount of people in the pool at that time yeah. so it was very different to how it is now <laughs> I don't I don't hate the word influencer I I feel like I feel people should embrace it I think to have a highly engaged Instagram audience is a is a big deal and it's worth a lot and I I don't know I think things have changed actually when I first came onto Instagram sort of seriously in 2017 2018 I think influencer was a bit of a, a dirty word but I feel like there's been a shift in recent in the last couple of years whereby it's just it's 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 a, it's a form of work it's a form of employment and obviously people should pay if they want to get in front of your audience that you have grafted to, to grow do you feel good about it I do I think like you say it's a lot of people do get it and that, you know, we are really running our own sort of online marketing agencies and what we, we, it's quite a highly skilled job in a lot of ways. And, you know, sometimes people have said to me, like, I can't believe what they charge or what you charge or, and it's like, well, you know, I know people who work for advertising companies, say in London, and I'll say to them, so if you're putting together a photo shoot, you need models and makeup artists and stylists and photographers and lighting directors. And and then you have to market the image after that. We do all of that ourselves. We're providing every single bit of that and, um, and, you know, hopefully doing it well as well. Um, But I do feel as well that I wish it was separated, really, people who are doing online marketing like us. And then I think the word influencer is still a little bit of a dirty word because of, you know, Love Island celebrities and people who are sort of doing cheap fast fashion hauls um, and getting paid huge amounts for just popping on a bikini, which is obviously a completely different thing to what people who are doing, you know, carefully styled lifestyle images are doing so um I think but the the it's muddy water and um I think the vast majority of the general public if you said influencer they would immediately think of the former <laughs> yes I think you're right and I think the reason I maybe I uh, the bubble that I am in on the internet I don't follow those kind of accounts and the kind of influencers that I would follow are you know they've got home accounts or lovely styling accounts and you know I've been following them for many years and I feel you know I feel a a sense of trust and respect for what they do and I'm not exposed to the other side of the industry day to day as much for people listening we'll go and have a look at your account I know they will but can you describe your um your visual style I love colour, I love light, I I guess it's quite calm um, and quite 
still, <laughs> which, you know, is uh, maybe at odds with the whole video thing. But I've kind of used photography in um, a way for myself personally. It's been very much a journey of finding a little bit of beauty in the everyday. And this is something I talk about quite often and and teach as well um, because I I'm a believer that photography can sort of really be a form of um, mindfulness or journaling in a in a different way a visual way and um, but for me you know Northampton's a fairly sort of normal quite squiffy town I live people tend to think I live like in some beautiful part of the countryside but I don't I live right in town on a busy road for me it was always about finding a small corner of my world that is beautiful and that makes me happy to look at and almost kind of shutting out the rest you know so it was focusing in on the smaller picture when the bigger picture is messy and stressful and busy um so I guess that's what my Instagram is about, really. It's just about finding those small moments and, and recording them somehow, capturing them. That's beautifully put. And I think that was what was so captivating about Instagram for all of us who enjoy photography or like art. It, it was just, it elevated those everyday images that you might have snapped on your phone or on your camera and you could all of a sudden filter them and edit them and they looked beautiful together and they created this record of your world but Instagram somewhat moved on <laughs> from those times um, and I work with lots of photographers and creatives and many are struggling to catch up and feel baffled by the sort of move towards reels. How have you felt, Hannah, over the past couple of years as Instagram's evolved into far more of a video sharing space? You almost feel a little bit rejected by Instagram, you know, like it's done a dirty on you. It's like, we were doing so well, everything was fine. Why did you go and do this? <laughs> it's not fair there is that real feeling of kind of like betrayal it's like you set it up as one thing and now what it's something else you know I guess what eight years on Instagram has shown me is that essentially you have to do you and I suppose with all things in life it's the only true way that you can carry on being authentic there's another one of those buzzwords but you have to have some authenticity to what you do. Otherwise, you can't persevere with it. You, you know, you can't keep going with something that isn't really you. So if you really hate doing video, then don't do it. If you really hate talking to camera, then don't. Because you, I think your people are out there. Um, and obviously, there's lots of tricks for reaching them quicker. Um, but I see people who grow exponentially on a certain thing like when Instagram first started introducing IGTV and people did these getting dressed fast videos <laughs> where they were changing outfits every three seconds and I saw people gain like 50 100,000 followers in the few weeks that those were going viral but those people don't stick around necessarily and you know so it drops off again and then Instagram changes again maybe this is just how I console myself I don't know to just be trying to game Instagram if that's the whole point of why you're on there to sort of work the platform all the time it's 
that's the opposite, I suppose, of the creative satisfaction that you described getting when you first started taking photographs for it. It becomes really soulless. Um, you do make reels, though, don't you? I do. I've, I've been really trying. I, it took me a while to get my head around them. Um, and again, I, I realised that I didn't want to do this sort of TikTok style short form video that we were seeing, which immediately sort of migrated onto Instagram. I realised that I, I did enjoy the moving imagery um, style of short form video. And once I started to think a little bit more creatively along those lines then I started to think of ideas for reels and and things that I could do so I have sort of embraced them to an extent but um I don't feel like I've had a huge amount of success with them but they are lovely your reels they are really truly kind of moving versions of the photos that you Thank share you. on Instagram is that what is that what you were trying yeah, to do yeah I think so yeah I find that taking video is quite a different mindset and because primarily I'm a photographer like when I was in France last October with my kids um, I'm walking down a street and I see something that I want to capture and immediately go for my camera and then I almost have to then go oh right is stop is there a video I can take here as well it's almost like take the photographer head off and put the videographer head on and approach the same scene in a slightly different way. How does a photographer approach taking a bit of video? What's the difference? I think it's just a different eye somehow. My photos uh, tend to, you know, pull back a bit, you know, go for quite a lot of negative space, all that sort of thing. Whereas I think for uh, then to take a small piece of video from the same scene, I'd maybe go in for more details, look for light and shadows, a little bit of fabric moving in the breeze, things like that, which can then be pieced together to uh, create a bit more of a, a picture um, of what I've experienced in that scene, if that makes sense. Um, but yes, I do, I do find it's, it's a different head that I have to put on, which has taken me quite a long time to get used to. And I also know that if I'm really, really enjoying a moment, you know, if I'm in photography heaven, I completely forget to do video and I just end up taking photos. I mean, I don't know what you think. It's I'm of the view that we don't really have to fear sharing photos on Instagram, actually. And I had a good reminder of that the other day. My son, I was in the car with my son and he's 12 and he was scrolling through his Instagram, which is just, he, he follows footballers. And it was all just, it's all just still images. All, everything, he, he wasn't even looking at a bunch of reels. He's looking at, uh, you know, Arsenal um, footballers and England footballers. He's not, it, so... It's not all video. I think I think we can get confused by, you know, what you see viral content creators doing and the fact that Instagram is also showing us a lot of reels when we go into the app. But there's there's plenty of photos there still. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I think you're completely right. And you see sometimes people post polls in their stories, you know, asking their followers, do they prefer reels or images? And Everyone I've seen has been like 80% of the people saying they prefer images. So I do think there's an awful lot of people out there who still enjoy consuming photography content. Um, and it's very 
valid still and has got its place in the world. I think video can be used to add an interesting extra dimension um, just in the same way that carousels did. I really, really enjoy that feature um, because I used to pour over that having that one image in my feed that worked perfectly in my gallery whereas carousels have given me the capacity to expand on that moment and show more details or you know something uh, a little bit different throw in the odd black and white or something that maybe people wouldn't uh, necessarily expect from me and um, and so reels gives us that opportunity as well so I think it's it's nice to embrace it and be pushed to think differently. Hannah, I think you can share some interesting and helpful tips for people who struggle with visuals on Instagram, who maybe feel like their photos aren't as good as they could be, or their video never comes out quite as well as they hoped. Where do we start with taking a good image on on our phones? Um, always, always with light. I think that's the most important factor. And um, phones take amazing photos. So I would always urge people not to worry about the equipment they're using. Um, I know professional photographers, professional Instagrammers who take all their photos on their phones and you can absolutely achieve amazing results. But good natural light is always the key. So figuring out how to use light to your advantage, I think, is really important. If you're outside, that can involve in avoiding really harsh light with lots of contrast and lots of shadows because that's much more difficult to deal with on a mobile phone. Um, it can be a bit easier with a camera if you're shooting in RAW. Looking for soft light or filtered light. And when you're inside, so you know, you might have some followers who are photographing their products, for example, and marketing those on Instagram. So figuring out a setup that works really well for you, a good backdrop, a wall or a table with really good natural light falling across it. And once you've kind of nailed that setup, you're away, really. That's 80% of the battle and how do you edit yours do you uh, do you do really fancy editing on your photos not really no um I've got um an online course which kind of shows a lot of before and afters of my edits and most of my editing tends to be fairly minimal which surprises people um because I think they look at my work and see fairly uniform Um, approach with light and colours and stuff but I am very much drawn to those conditions when I take the photo so I guess if I can I avoid things that you know deviate from that um, like very harsh light Um, but I do shoot in raw so that does give me the capacity to play with that a little bit more when I need to Um, But most of my edits, if I get it right in camera, my photos only take a few tweaks before they're ready to post. Sometimes, obviously, I'm on a job and I have to capture something which isn't ideal for me. And then uh, that might take me longer to edit and to play about with to get it how I'm happy with. Um, But generally, I edit in Lightroom. 
I'll put a link to your course into the show notes if anybody fancies checking it out. Hannah, do you do other forms of social media marketing or are you all about Instagram? I am all, all about, about Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Do you ever get tempted? Yeah, I, I sense yeah. I sense not by TikTok, although there must be photographers on TikTok doing things. Yeah, there were photographers doing well on TikTok. And again, I think it's finding um, that, approach that works for you I know that people like Mona Log I don't know if you're aware of her lovely girl and she does very sort of dreamy cottagecore photography Um, and she's doing really really well on TikTok she's just found a way of um, doing some short form videos um, that you know work really well on the platform and what I would really like to do and what I know I should be doing is kind of the photography tips type type of tip, TikToks. Um, I'm waiting for my son to be old enough to start helping me. <laughs> <laughs> and just what you say is just so true for all of us in whatever we're doing. It's finding your way, finding your way to do it, whatever type of content, you know, whether it's writing or video or anything. You have to, I think, find a a way to make it work for you um, because otherwise it's never going to be sustainable and you're never going to keep coming up with ideas and pushing yourself to do something if it feels really horrible and icky and you don't enjoy it. So it's a tricky one for me because there's so much I know I should be doing, which I'm struggling to find the time to do. We're just... That word should, it comes up a lot. People will be, I, I know I should be emailing twice a week or I know I should be. But we, you know, we are only, we're only one person. And it's just, I think, I don't, I don't think I've got it right myself. It's, it's setting myself realistic expectations <laughs> of what's achievable. And, I, you know, I just think, you know, everybody I would speak to on this podcast or people that I work with all feel that should feeling. I don't know how we... I don't know how we get rid of it, really. How often do you post these days? I mean, back in the day, Instagram was all about posting loads. Do you still post a lot? I kind of get a bit anxious these days about posting and I find myself stepping back from it more and more. And the longer it goes on, the harder it gets. So I often find myself only posting once or twice a week. But I would really like to post a bit more regularly because I really need to stop worrying about it engagement is low at the moment and Instagram is what it is and it'll change again because it always does and um, essentially carrying on putting relevant work out there is always a helpful thing to be doing for our careers so um, yeah stalling and not posting anything for four months is never going to help in any direction (laughs) no definitely not I think people will be really comforted to hear somebody with such a successful account share their doubts and, and insecurities honestly like you have what tends to work for you when you feel that sort of Instagram funk do you just sort of hang in there and trust that you're going to come back out of it at some point yeah I do I mean it definitely helps when you've been doing it for a while when I feel really sort of 
fed up with it and lacking confidence, usually just getting my camera and going out and remembering why I love it so much. That's usually a quick fix for me. And it's really nice to have something to post that I feel excited about posting when I've created something new. And then it can be disheartening when you post it and it's tumbleweeds. But I genuinely try not to really look anymore. I I have the likes turned off. I can't see what likes anybody else is getting on their photos. And I really try not to kind of look at those things. And, you know, Instagram has opened a huge amount of doors for me. And even though things are nowhere near like what they used to be a few years ago, it does continue to provide opportunities on the work front. So I acknowledge that it's really important I keep going, even if, I sometimes don't feel like it. What would you like to do work-wise in future? I mean, I love, love taking photos and I'm really lucky that I've been able to travel. It gives me opportunities to take my kids places that I never, ever would be able to do normally. It would be lovely to be able to continue to do that on Instagram. I'm also trying to expand on just sort of taking lifestyle photography for brands off Instagram. Um, I've been doing quite a lot of work recently for the Cotswolds company and they've been using my images in their stores and in their magazine and on their blogs. And um, I'd love to just have a few more clients like that really and, you know, it's it's perfectly up my street um and I do quite a lot of teaching as well which I really really enjoy I can see that you must be excellent at oh it, thank you. you just the way you talk about capturing small moments on corners and doing it mindfully I, it, I, I can see that you'd be a brilliant teacher thank you I, I do really enjoy it um and I also get ridiculously nervous about it <laughs> So that's something that I sort of need to overcome and have a little bit more faith in myself and leave the nerves aside. Um, But I guess that comes with experience. Those are the things really which I would like to expand on a little bit more. So I'm relying less on just Instagram collaborations. And I'm sure you will do so very successfully. Hannah, thank you so much for your brilliantly honest conversation well thank you for having me it's been lovely okay so let's talk about that word should before we go the people I work with say it a lot I should be doing this I know I should be emailing you don't need to tell me I know I should be on LinkedIn or I should be posting more I do it to myself and I've been thinking about how we can focus less on what's lacking and more and what we are doing what have you been managing to do I posted to LinkedIn last week and I find it cringy on LinkedIn so guys bear with me while the show takes a short short breather before the summer term I've already got some great people and topics lined up to talk to you about catch up with some of the episodes you've missed in the meantime tell me what you've loved and share some of these great conversations with your friends Thank you for every listen. Thank you to every guest. And thank you to Suze, the producer at Story Publishing. It's such a lovely thing to work with you on this Suze megastar. We'll be back before you know it. Goodbye. Goodbye.